Father God, I will just thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your peace. Father, thank you for allowing us to come together this evening, touching and agreeing to uh, fellowship with each other and be able to learn of you so that we can get much closer to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you're going to do in our lives, Father God. And thank you for those that's attempting to get online, Father God. Thank you for that. Thank you for those that may be on the road. We ask for peace, uh, focus on the road, and bless Miss Pat as she's on the way back home from New York to uh, Arizona. Ask you to please cover her trip, Father God. And all of those that's not feeling well today, Father God, we just ask that you uh, allow the spirit, your spirit to go into the sick room and refresh them and give them the nourishment they need for their body to he be healed because your word your word tells us by his stripes we are already healed we honor you and we praise you give you all glory in jesus name we pray all right today you all we're going to really jump right into the lesson i'm not going to hold you long and uh, we'll be done and then we're going to open the mic of course uh open the mic for a, a bit of discussion and i ask that each and everyone please uh, mute your mic. I, I should, you know, just mute your mic. But if you have something to say, open it and go ahead and get my attention. So let's look at James 1 verses 2 to 4. The video that I sent out about, about losing your testimony. And I, I hope you all got the whole gist of the message. And it was about a young, uh, one, a preacher, whomever that was, uh, you know, wherever we go, people are always watching us. If we say we are Christ-like or Christian, people can see there's something different about us and they watch what we do. So uh, in, in this particular case, uh, the, the man had gone, I think it was gone to the airport and he was trying to get a trip back home and he got a little bit irritated because the trip kept being canceled, canceled, canceled. And when he got up to the... Uh, the station, the uh, the stewardess uh, told him, you know, that she had a bad day too. So he settled himself down and understood. And uh, he said, even when he got back home, he had gotten a, a text or email or something from a fellow person that saw him, and it said it encouraged him because he kept his cool. Bottom lines, like I said, there's always somebody watching us. 
because in this day and time, there are so many things happening, and somebody has to stand up for truth, you all. Somebody has to, what, what they tell us at the telephone company, is to match tone with temper. When everything is raging, they told us when we get a customer online and that customer is raging, lower your voice, lower, and the customer, that brings the temperature down a bit. So James 1, verses 2 and 4, grab that, you all. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness, steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, I, I can read it again, but we're probably we're going to talk about this today. This says it is, this is Paul encouraging us. Because we all going to go through something. If, if you're living in this world and you're never going through anything, you might have to check, check and see what channel you're on or whose side you're on. That's really what you would need to do. Who, whose side am I on that I, I, I'm at peace and everything? What's happening? If nothing's never happened in your life, you're never bumping up against any situation, you're on the wrong road, and I guarantee that. Now, we all know what the word testimony means. A testimony is a statement of uh, declaration of of a witness. It's like when the witness is under oath uh, or affirmation. Usually, that's the kind who is in the court. Uh, Normally, what we said, it's a person that has evidence. Evidence means you were there. You've been there. You got the fact. What, what's some of the old saying? You know, I got, I got the scars. I got the t-shirts. I got it all. Got it. Got, got the. The fact is, I got the scars and I got the t-shirts. Got it right. That nobody can dig it out of my hand because my head. Because I was there in that particular situation. All right. Now, let's see. Now, I want to really encourage you all this evening, because you know, after every miracle, like the ones I, I I'm gonna use the one that my sister and them did on 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 Thanksgiving Day. After every blessed and happy situation, there's always gonna be a circumstance that may discourage you or steal your joy. When something good to you happen, the devil's looking for an opportunity to steal your joy from you. Now, he keeps, as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus and what he did in you, you don't, you don't ignore the circumstances. You don't ignore it. But you rebuke the enemy who robs you, for, that tries to rob you. You tell, you tell the devil, you're not stealing my joy. You're not stealing my healing. You're not stealing my breakthrough. God gave it to you. Now, you won't allow a robber to come into your house and just take whatever they want. This is the same way. When God gives us something, you don't allow the devil to just come in and take it away from you. What you need to do is continue to praise praise God, thank him for what you got, and protect it. The word also tells us when we when we resist the devil, we know what the devil is doing, but when we resist him, uh, he'll flee. The devil, When we resist the devil, he will flee from you. Because he's an opposer of God, Satan attacks uh, with uh, adverse circumstances to accuse God and disprove him. That's what his job is. Satan is out there to d- disprove God. God ain't doing this. It's just you and your mind. But when you know it's God, you hold on to it. You stand up for it. Get Philippians 4 and 6. Philippians 4 and 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and uh, petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, 
and the peace of God which transcends, transcends all understanding will guard your heart and minds in Jesus Christ. I'll read that again. Uh, do not Philippians 4 and 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, let's go down to another another scripture here. Now, uh, one thing about it, once you, we talked about losing your your uh, testimony, and that could be easily. I pulled up about three three signs or symptoms of losing your your testimony. We all we already gave one about our attitude in public. We just that's one of the ways, uh, but not the three ways uh, that I'm actually talking about. Um, like for instance, let's see. Uh, a lot of times in our healing, a demonic reasoning can be said. This is what the devil will tell you. It was the drug you were taking that healed you, not faith in Jesus. This is a determination that know that what God said, what his word says, says by his stripes. That's the stripes that Jesus endured. He said we are healed because of that. But but the enemy would come up and say, no, it was all the medicine you took. That's what the devil would say. Now, what it is, he knows that painkillers you all don't heal. I'll say it again. Painkillers do not heal. They only give you temporary relief with negative side effects. They can even easily cause you to be addictive. I'll say it again. I know I'm not going to say it, but I'm saying think of, think about it. You 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 know when you trust and you believe God is doing it, but then you got some old. Uh, uh, lying demon that comes to you, some old familiar spirit that's going to come to you. Oh, God didn't do that. That's the painkillers. But the painkillers just numbs it. I have said it to me. I do know several people that I know now that's addicted to the painkillers, but they still have the pain all the time. I know one friend especially. She has, stays in pain constantly. But I tell her all the time, when you ask God to heal you, he will do it. But when you speak that negative stuff, speak it out. It comes in the form of lying symptoms and signs. Now, when uh, the symptoms appear that can fortify the enemy's reasoning, when symptoms of disease come back after, you, after you've been healed, uh, don't med med meditate it. Meditate on it. Don't think about it. Don't keep thinking it over and over again about it when it comes back. Demons are good at magnifying magnifying signs like putting a magnifying glass on it and make it bigger but it hasn't changed now in the natural if symptoms and signs don't line up with what God did in your life hold on to the faith what God did hold on to what God did you all because sometimes it comes uh, comes back and it comes back because we open the wrong doors bottom lines we open doors to allow some of those illnesses to come back or we we lose our faith in trusting God that we already healed now we just remember that Satan wants to steal and give you a give you give and don't give him room like I said if you didn't let the devil ride after a while, he wants to drive in your life. We talked about that last week. You can't give him room to take over your mind, your mental abilities. Now, you keep thinking that God has healed you. You rebuke the symptoms and the lying signs. 
it's, it's your tongue. Your, your tongue, you watch what you say. Watch how you say it and what the word says. Uh, your tongue is a powerful thing. It could be a tool that reveals and a bomb that heals. A tool that reveals or uh, a bomb, B-A-L-M, that heals. It can be a sword that cuts and divides. It also can be an unruly member set on fire by hell. Look at Proverbs 18 and 21. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it would eat of it. What we say matters, you all. What we say, what we speak, how we speak it. I, most of you all that talk to me, whenever you ask me how I'm doing, it is well. And every time I say it is well, I think of this lady. The prophet had gave her had spoken that she was going to have a son, and one day the son died in the in the field with the father. And the father said, "Take him back and give him to his mother." father didn't bother with he said take him to his mother and the mother didn't go oh was me my son dead she didn't speak that she said take him up and lay him on his on the prophet's bed because they had already made a room in their house for the prophet that passed to town passed through town going other places to preach it and she recognized one day that the prophet needed a rest a place to rest and so she built an upper room for him so when uh the son died she told the servant to take him up lay him on the prophet's bed and then she told her husband send me a donkey to take me to the prophet he first thing he said today is not not the worship day and that's not the day to go do this but she didn't say anything she just waited for him to do it send her a donkey and one of the servants went along with her and when he got to uh, the prophet's house and the prophet's servant came up to him and he said uh, uh, is is it is anything? How are things going? I, I have to go back. Have to go back to the Bible to get the exact scripture. But I do know the word that she said is all is well. And so the servant went back to Elijah and told him what she said. And the prophet uh, came out to meet her herself. And and she said, "Why did you lie to me? I didn't ask for a child." So she was saying she she was bl- very blunt with him. Why'd you lie to me? He he. She never said he's dead. He, he so she said he just said he's laying on your bed. So he went back. He didn't say the word. He told the prophet, "Take my staff." Take the told the servant, "Take my staff and go lay it on him." And as he was traveling to get there, when he got there, pray, boom, the dude rose. The little child rose from dead. You, no matter when the circumstances come up, you have to hold on to your testimony and don't allow the devil to steal it from you. The devil does his job. He'll steal. Now, many of the people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there and they came from, for Jesus. This is another circumstances in the Bible. It talks about how they tried to steal, steal testimonies. Now, Jesus came to town and uh, he came back from a major thing that he had done and many of the people the Jews uh, knew that he was there and they came out for Jesus sake only but they might see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death they wanted to kill Lazarus because Jesus raised him from the dead the most scoundrels were nothing but scoundrels 
Uh, but that may be the reason that many of the Jews went away and believed Jesus. They just got away from it. Look at John 12, 9 through 11. John 12, verse 9 through 11. John 12, 9 through 11 says, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Verse 10 so says, So the chief priest uh, made a plan to kill Lazarus as well. For an account of him made... May, that, let me stop back. Number 11 says, For an account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing him. See, that's what was happening. They, uh, because of the good deed because of the healing of the raising from the dead of Lazarus all the many of the Jews was leaving their old mentality and started to believe it in Jesus Jesus even though he had done a many many <coughs> excuse me many things already but the most powerful was when he raised Lazarus from the dead let's get to Matthew's 5 verse 10 through 12 5 10 through 12 encouraging word you all said blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for there is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me Rejoice, be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. They persecuted, and when you go back and you read the word, we know the word. They persecuted the prophets. Some was hung upside down. Many of them was killed. But what we're going through now, I, I look at it as a light affliction. Of, of depending on what your circumstances is and your circle we have enough word in us to know that we trust God we trust what Jesus said he said he's going back to sit on the right hand of the father and be the interceding for us an interceder what he does as long as we believe who Jesus is we can get to the father that's the only way and all these other religions that says different is false and I'm going to keep saying it till we get it because we should be walking in more wealth more of uh, things that God wants us to do be able to catch remember we talked about fisher men we should be doing this now instead of stay sitting in the house just talking about me and my four and no more or maybe me and my two and no more and you can't or me and my three and no more we should be allowing our light to shine so we can go out and give our testimony. The best way to disciple anyone today, you all, is to be able to give your testimony. Now look at Romans eight sixteen through 18. Romans eight sixteen through 18. Romans 16 through 18 says, uh, verse 16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, with Jesus Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. For I reckon that the suffering of the present time are not worthy to compare with the glory which shall be revealed 
in us. The stuff, a lot of the, the suffering that we do, we allow ourselves to suffer. God doesn't want us for suffering. It already said we, we suffer with Him, but a lot of these afflictions that we, that come upon us, we 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 I, I call it we swim in it. We love it. We we uh, just moan in it because we have the wrong understanding of suffering. God doesn't want us when we when He suffers with us. That's something that's He tolerates. I, I look at it as a word tolerance. Sometimes you tolerate the ignorance that people have, but God tells us you know as long as we tolerate the ignorance, they're not going to do anything. They're going to do the same thing over and over and over again, just like the AA and NA say they do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. They don't change. And and one of the things we always said that uh, uh, what was a leopard don't ch- a zebra a leopard none of those things change their stripes. It's always as they can do whatever they want. They can rub in the mud, dub. Uh, uh, think about a pig. They they love their slop. They can rub rub in their slop all day and night. You can go give them a good old clean bath. Next thing you know, they're right back in the slop because they're a pig. They're not gonna change it because that's their attitude. That's who they want to be. But we don't have to be that way in God. We should be healthy, wealthy, and wise so we can go out and give our testimony. Yeah, I've been through a lot of stuff. I could sit and tell you all the different things that I go through, things I'm going through now. But I'm not going to tell you. You have your own testimony. You have stuff. If you're not going through anything, if you're not trusting God, and you and you are not uh, believing that God can get you out of it, and I, I've written it out, and I've given you all the book from God, uh, the escape the crabs in the basket mentality. I can tell when people have read the book. I can tell. The Spirit of God gives me the wisdom because if you're in the same junk, you haven't moved away. A lot of this stuff that attaches onto those familiar spirits, they attach onto it, and we stay there. We just hang on to it because it might have been what our mom or daddy did, and we don't want to change. Romans eight thirty-five through thirty-six. Get that, please. Romans eight, verse thirty-five through thirty-seven. Romans eight thirty five through thirty seven. Let let this uh, get into your system and just meditate on this word. Thirty five says, "Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death, and all day long we face death all day long. We consider we're considered as sheep." to the slaughter. 37 says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. We are more than conquerors through God that loves us, you all. All we got to do is truly believe in our head, in, in, in our heart and say, I say in your gut. That's the best way because in your head you got so much other vomit there you can't truly, truly, truly get to God. You got to believe with your heart that Jesus is his son and he will direct you in all things you do. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expect it to get a blessing. You cannot do that. No way. But it says in 37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Hebrews 36, I'm sorry, Hebrew 11, 36 through 38. I'm going to give you all these scriptures. That, well, that's the basis of our lessons period. To give you the scriptures, you can go back and listen to the podcast or you can text me and I'll send you, I'll, I'll mail you the scriptures. I'm not going to email them to you. I'll mail you the scriptures, uh, but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 36 through 38. 
Some face jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed into and they were killed by sword. They went about in sheepskins, uh, goats and sheepskin and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. Verse 38 says, uh, The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. We should not be living like that today. We should not be living in some old ragged shack today. God has too much for us to be able to accomplish and have. He said we are of a royal priest, and priest, royal priesthood, a royal king, don't live in shacks and in, in, in dungeons and, and, and I, what I say, in, in the mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. We don't live like that. We should not be living because the God that I serve is the king of all. And he is my father. And my, if my father got a good place to live, I'm going to have a good place to live. If, a, if, my natural, if my natural father, if the spiritual father has everything, he owns everything. And I know he's my father. And that's what I encourage you all. Know he's your father. He owns everything. And he said, now, if the natural man would give his son whatever he wants, some good thing, a natural man would not take a snake and feed that to his child, to his son. No, no, a natural man won't do that. So he said, so what's the greater thing will he give us? He'll give you his spirit. His spirit lives in us when you accept him. His spirit lives in it. So let's let's do this. We're going to almost shut it down. I, I love the word of God. I, and I t- keep encouraging. I'm going to leave a little word of wisdom with you. And that's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 through 18. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 through 18. It says, For our light affliction... With this but a but for a moment, work it for us a for. Well, let me start over. You all, excuse me. Uh, mouth getting a little dry here. Let's see. Second Corinthians four, seventeen and eighteen. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, work work it for us as a far more exceedingly internal weight of glory. 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are not, which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are internal. I'll read that last one again, and I, I'm going to read the whole thing again, and I want us to, uh, 17 and 18, I want, to, I want you to think about this. Think about this, you all. Says now for our light afflictions, the stuff we go through is a light affliction. We we haven't had any throttling and, and all of this stuff in the beatings. I I don't and I I I don't know if any of you are are, are homeless. I, I've been homeless. Two thousand six, I was home, homeless. Uh, all of two thousand six and going into two thousand seven, I was there. I think in, in about two thousand eight, I I got me an apartment. And when I say homeless, I wasn't out in the street, but I was living in a place called Emmanuel's Keep that was for evangelists, uh, uh, priests, or uh, pastors, or whatever. The lady uh, that I 
lived in her house next door had a, a senior citizen care house but I was living in her main house and she was a, a traveling evangelist so it was called Emmanuel's Key for for minister whomever that came through town and so I wasn't really out in the street but I had no house of my own so uh, it said 17 says for our light affliction which is but, but for a moment worketh for us far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory while we look at not the things which are seen but at the things uh, which are not seen for things which are seen are temporal but things which are not seen are eternal internal uh, the bottom line of it says amen uh, I'm grateful that uh, each and everyone is able to join us today uh, at a cloudy day in Arizona but still this is a great day that the Lord has remade and I will rejoice and be glad and I have a lot of things to be happy about you all and each and every one of us should be able to have something that God has done for us and God's not doing anything with you as we've discussed as what an old an old uh, mother used to say there's a dead cat, dead cat on the line if you can't, if you're not hearing from God, you're just hearing from folks. There's a dead cat on the line, and yeah, I would knock that cat off so I'll be able to hear what God is saying. And so I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. We're going to get right into the lesson. Father God, I just want to thank you for allowing us to gather again this one more day, uh, November fourth. Father God, thank you for the greatness of your handiwork, Father God. Thank you for allowing us to come together and learn more of you. Father God, thank you for each and every household that's represented and those that's not represented that when they listen to the replay, they would know that they're your favorites, that each and every person is your favorites, that you love in each and every one of us. Thank you for the healing that you have provided. Thank you, Father, for giving the comfort as we go through a grief period in our families this day, Father. There is a special three young ladies that I and their family. Father God, I want you to encompass all of us, send your Holy Spirit all around them, Father God, to give them comfort this day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, a dear friend of mine, very, very, very close friend of mine, uh, I think I met, they came to the state about in 88, and she passed away on the other day. But anyway, I'll talk more about that later. I, I The video I sent you all again was about that volcano. And, you know, every time I see something, I get a word out of it anyway. So the Lord just, that was because I sent it last night because I saw this thing about the uh, volcano. And I was meditating as to what the Lord was saying. I, I was meditating on his word. And while med meditating on his word, he showed me by the volcano, all that stuff that builds up down there. All that stuff that we can see that's building up, building up, building up. And it's affecting other things, other cities all the way around. But sooner or later, it's going to come to a head and, and bust. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I looked at a volcano almost like a ball. Sometimes we can see this. If you got a weak stomach, put your fingers in your ears for a minute. Uh, it's like a ball, a big ball on your skin and after a while when that ball get enough of that pulse and all that other stuff that accumulates in there and a little white tip come on the top of it then you you can see it and you know what's going to happen after a while that white tip gets so big you can take it and press it and all that stuff pops out 
that's a sign of the times. We're, we're going to talk about the sign of the times. And we jump to Matthew 16, verses 1 through 1 through 3. 1, 2, and 3. And this is ESV version. Thank you for joining us, you all. Now, this is the story about the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, demanded a sign. Of course, they demanded a sign from Jesus. Verse 1 says, now this is chapter 6, Matthew 16, verse 1, 2, and 3. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to test him. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven. And he answered, when is it evening, you say? It would be fair weather. When it is the evening, you say, it would be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of times. I want to read that verse again. It's very important now. It said, these are the, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. We get some of those today also. We got some, we might call them somebody else, some other name. Uh, what Nehemiah called them, Sanballat and, and Tobias. They came against him also. But Jesus was almighty and all-knowing. So when they came to him, he was, Jesus was trying to present something new. Taken out of the Old Testament into the New. He was trying to share with them the new way to get to God. So they said, verse 3 said, And in the morning it would be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret interpret the appearance of the sky, but can can you but you cannot interpret the signs of the time. And that was the question that I asked on, on the text I sent out. Are you able to interpret the signs of the time? Now, what are the signs of the times? And we're going to show this in Matthew. Now, the signs of the time in our day are events that were prophesied to take place in the latter days before the second coming of, the, of Jesus Christ. Now, signs are recognizable events or occurrences which identify present and which portends future events. It, it predicts future events like they are. We we see omens, uh, prodigies, and wonders, and marvel of abnormal occurrences. Now, just for a little recognition, uh, uh, an omen, O M E N, is an occurrence of phenomenon uh, believed to uh, portend a future event, like a dark cloud. When we see a dark cloud, cloud, it can almost be a bad omen because we know dark cloud. It's been cloudy here. In, in Arizona for the last two days, cloudy and misty for the last two days. So we know we're going to get a little rain, but we don't see any storm. We can we can tell when there's a storm cloud. We know the difference in all of this. We know when there's a heavy, heavy wind blowing. It, we, we can identify all of that, what's going on. Now, 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 you might ask, now what does it mean to read the signs of the time? Now, the signs of the time phrase strongly is associated with the Catholic Church in the era of the Second uh, Vatican Council back in the 1960s. It was taken to mean that the church should listen to and learn from the world around it. In other words, it should learn to read the signs of the time. This is what the church began to teach for us to focus, 
know what's going on around. A lot of people can't focus, you all, because they got so much stuff in the way. They can't focus. They can't get in their brain. They got to get medicine to calm them down, to be able to understand what what is happening in the world. But if we have the Spirit of God living in us, we, we can know the signs of the time because He will give us that wisdom as to what's going on all over around us. But we have control. That's one thing about it. God gives us control on, over our own being or over our own soul. It's what you allow to happen to you. Now, uh, what, what, what are the signs of God for us today? And, and we might know that now there's like four common signs that I, I looked up. Four common signs from God today. One is he uses uh, nature. Time and time again, we see God using nature in a way to communicate with his, his own people. Like the floods, when we see the floods we, and and how the flood comes about and with the tornadoes and all of that, we just, if we just shut it, shut it off and we don't take any time to look at it. What's happening? Things are building up in the atmosphere. We need to focus, see what's happening. Now, another sign of God is that he'll send a messenger, a prophet. We have to know these people. We have, the word of God tells us to know those that labor upon, know, know whether or not they're true or false prophet. That's one way he sent. And another thing he does this day is dreams. Uh, sometimes we might have eaten the wrong food and some of these crazy dreams we have. God don't give us crazy dreams, you all. That's some of the stuff we do before we go to sleep. Now, most importantly, uh, when you, we have to be very careful with these dreams because all of these dreams are not from God. So when you have a dream, you don't understand it, you ask and he'll tell you what it means. I write it down and it'll come to focus exactly what it means. Now, the very best thing, best thing that God, the sign that God has provided for us, God provides signs using his word. That's what, that's what I mean. He uses his word and what we need to do, know his word. The, the one that I really, really like, we're going to talk about a few, few of the different ones. Um, you go to John 2. John 2, verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to read it fast so we can get through it. But we all know this story here. And this was the changing water into wine. I, that, this is a magnificent story. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now it says, now on the verse uh, 1 says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Canaan in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. I, I love how, how Jesus talked. Woman, why didn't you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not come. See, she knew what was going to happen. She already knew. God had already told her. But he said, my hour has not come. But yet, what Jesus do? Verse 5, his mother said to the servants, uh, this is what the mother said, said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Verse 6, nearby stood six stone water jars, those big old jars, the kind used by the Jews for the ceremonial of washing and uh, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons of, of water to the brine. You think about that's a big jar, clay jar. Uh, verse 8, then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the water, fill the jars with water. So they filled them, filled, so they filled, they did so. 
Let's read this again. Vera is kind of slow in talking today again. Uh, verse 7 says, Jesus said to the servants, fill the water jars with water. So they did. Verse, uh, and the master of the banquet asked the water, asked, uh, tasted the water. Now, he, l- listen at what it said. He tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He called the bridegroom aside and uh, said, everyone brings out the choice wine for the first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have been have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Other other words, you know, you give the cheap stuff out. Then after everybody gets drunk, you know, then then you give out your best stuff because then they be so drunk they ain't gonna drink up all your best stuff. They're gonna end up passing out some of the letter. That's the natural vera. Oh, okay now, but down to what eleven? Let's see. Now, what Jesus did here in Canaan of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed the glory. His disciples believed in him. This is his very first sign that he did. He had to do something so they can coach. You know, he had already gone through the valley and, and picked out the fishers and, and got his group called the Fisher of Men's, got them out so they can go out and start to discipling people. Now, we learned that a couple of weeks ago, that that's what we're supposed to be, Fisher of Men's. And I'm going to ask you later on, have you caught any fish lately? Okay. Anyway, but he did this to reveal his glory to his disciples. So the disciples will start believing in him. Now, there were other examples of of signs. And I just want that Jesus did. And I want, you might want to jot this down and go back and listen to the podcast because I'm not going to go through every scripture. One was... Uh, healing the royal official son in Capernaum. Capernaum. Uh, that was John 4, 46 through 54. Another one of Jesus' magnificent works was his signs that he started to do. He healed the uh, paralytic man at the pool at Bethesda, and that's in John 6. You might want to read that. Another one of his miracles are, are his signs was that he fed 5,000, and that was in John 6, verses 5 through 14. You remember the one about him walking on the water, and Peter tried, up, tried to get up there and walk a little bit too, but they took his eyes off of Jesus? That's another sign. That's uh, John 6, 16 through 24. Another one that uh, Jesus did was healing the man uh, blind from birth in John 9, 1 through 7. And each of these, you know, if, you, if you're not familiar with them, jot them down, go back and read, uh, read them a, a bit. Um, healing the man from blind that was blind from birth in John 1 through 7. <coughs> Excuse me. But the one that we uh, that I always refer to that I really really love, and I'm going to read all of this, and we're, we're going to you know put it in our child and be able to chew on it. And I talk about this one quite often. And this is the parable of the fig tree. This is the different things that happened, the different signs that Jesus showed us during his uh, actual walking on this earth. Now he he today 
He is visible everywhere through through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Once we accept that who Jesus is, he has asked the Father to send us another confidence. Somebody that will be with us, talk with us, direct us, give us wisdom. And that is, is the Holy Spirit, which is the third uh, part of the Trinity. All of our stuff will go away if we could truly just believe that part of living in the kingdom of God. Without, If we're going to live in the kingdom of God, we need all of God, not just one part. First of all, in order to get to the Father, you got to go through the Son. There's no other way to get to the Father. No other way in all these false prophets or all these other religions says another way. You don't have to believe me. Read what the Bible says. The only way to the Father is through the Son. And when when the Son got up there to the Father, he said, well, these people are still going to need some help. They can't do it by themselves. They need some help. And so he sent, asked the Father to send the Comforter, and that's the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one. Uh, that's with us daily. And we, we, we got it good, y'all. We got the Holy Spirit living in us. We got access to the Father because of the Son. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read this. Luke uh, 21, verses uh, 25 through 36. Now, there would be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth. He said, there will be signs in the moon, in the sun, the moon, and the stars on the earth. Uh, nations will be anguished and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming to the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. He's telling us what the signs of the times are, you all. Look around. Verse 27 said, At that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with the power and a great glory. When these things to take place, for those that's just joining us, we on Luke 21, uh, verses 25 through 36, and I am now on verse 27. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with a power and great glory. 28 said, when these things began to take place, stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. He told a parable. He said, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know the summer is near. Now, even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Well, we got to open our eyes and see you all. 32 says, truly, I tell you, the generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, darkness, anxieties of life, and they will close you on sudden and like a trap, or they close in like a trap. When you look at everything that's going on in the world, anyway, verse 35 says, for for it will come on those who live in the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray and you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. That's what we have to do. Be, be, we, we have to always be on the watch. This is what Jesus said. He said, be on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape 
all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. That key word right there is watch and pray. We're, we're, we're supposed to be able to always pray without ceasing. There's a way to pray without ceasing. If you, you uh, and it's awesome that we're able to come together and, and get the education so that we, when we go out and we get somebody that's praying. One, one thing that I, I like to say to you all, and I only say this from experience, only from experience. When you got somebody that you said, well, I'm going to go and have them pray. If they don't have nothing but d- destruction and, and uh, let, let, let me see how I, I want to say it nicely. If they don't have nothing but drama in their life, they're not a prayer warrior. They can't get a prayer off the ceiling. Don't waste your time. The best, if you don't know someone or uh, you can see it, sometimes, you know, I hear a lot of the prophecies, well, don't judge other people. Don't judge other people. And I say, don't be stupid. If you're in a, in a battle and you claim you got somebody with you that's praying and they're doing the other, what Jesus said, they're doing things that other father, the devil tells them to do. They're not praying to the Bible, to the Holy God. And we have to be wise enough to see that. Wise enough to, to open our eyes and see all see all of that that's happening. I, I want to touch this because this week has been a very sensitive week for, for me. And it's more week that uh, I had to uh, like really sit down and meditate on the Lord and what he is saying to me. And I wanted to address, there's so many different little sayings that we have. And one of the sayings that, that we have that I thought maybe, what, what do you call it, the elephant in the room? I want to address the elephant in the room. You see that big elephant sitting over there, you want to know, why is he sitting there? Well, I'm going to tell you why. This saying has, has been around for uh, many, many years. There's a saying that says, death comes in threes. And I thought the Lord said, address that to death. Now, in the Bible, when death is mentioned in the Bible, it, it, it means physical death, spiritual death, or both. It could be both spiritual or physical death, you know. Now, I know all of us have already heard it. I've said it. And, and I, I was telling my one of my sisters, I called her the other day, because I was really distressed after my friend passed away. Because I know I was praying. And I, I don't want to even get back to the fact when my nephew passed away and I know we were praying, but we had to learn a lesson out of that. God taught us a lesson. And if you didn't get the lesson, call me sometime. I'll tell you, i explain it to you. However, uh, the Bible verse, death comes in the threes. Uh, death comes in threes is a phrase used to describe times when uh, people die as a result of an event, like a hurricane storm and like two or three. That's how it was used in the Bible. But the number three is often used as a number to make sense of a given situation. The origin of death comes in threes is from an old uh, confirmatory bias. This is a person uh, will make a situation conform to their personal beliefs or, or their attitudes, even that that makes sense and, and sense to give them to allow a certainly safety. It gives them an opportunity to make something that makes sense. We always need something that makes sense to us, but the Holy Spirit... The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is the only one that can make sense. Now, this uh, saying c- comes from an old Appalachian belief. Or super- it's a superstition. It's a notion of people dying off in threes can be traced all the way back to the Atlantic, all the way back to the European ancestors 
who think an unshakable belief in Trinity. There are some people that looks at the Trinity and they apply it. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they apply it in such idiotic ways. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is one. And once you get yourself in reading the word and allow God to explain it to you, you'll understand it. But uh, they see it as, as, all, as three individuals. Say when situations happen in this world that three times, three people has to leave here at the same time. But that's, that is, uh, that's really, it's a superstition, you know, and it's not, not what God, God says. Uh, if you want to go deeper in it, you actually can go to Revelation 9 and 18. Uh, one thing I want to reemphasize, I'm actually about through the lesson because that was the whole key of the lesson is, is to uh, tell us to open our eyes and see. This is what Jesus said to us, and I'll say it again. Be always on the watch. Miss Pat word is focus, 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 focus. I don't know if you all know what focus, 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 but it means get a grip on your big head self. Look at what's going on around you. Know who's coming. Know who's going. Know what you're doing. A lot of us don't take time to know what we're doing. We just escape. We live in la-la land with it. But that's not get, we're not able to go do any fishing. We, we can't even get enough fish for ourselves. We've got to go down and ask somebody to give us a box of fish. Because we can't go out and do it ourselves because we're not focused. He, Jesus said, be on the watch. Pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Stand before him. Stand before Jesus. We want to be able to stand before Jesus so we can have a prosperous life. Uh, again, I say, sickness and stuff. All that stuff that we holding on to it, we're not good doing God in the great suffering, doing all of that because it nowhere in the word that he say, I need for you to suffer and be sick. No, he said, you listen, he put some doctors here to give us some common sense. And then some of he gave us common sense ourselves. Know yourself, know who you are, know what God can do for yourself. Don't worry about the other man. In the Bible, they call that busybody. You, you can't. You don't have nothing to get. What I say, get a man from heaven or hell. My mother taught me that. My mother taught me that you can't help no man go to heaven or hell, but you can help them with heaven or hell a little bit because you're in the way. You can stop them from being able to receive and do what God wants to do, wants them to do. And, and and my prayer is, you all, we, we can all look around. We see the situations that's happening. Every time I turn on that TV, there's somebody else that's being killed. Somebody else is uh, walking up, shooting this and that. <coughs> Excuse me. Every, every day. But my only thing to say you say to you are uh, if you're in a bad area, there's there's always a bunch of drama going on around. You pray and ask God to give you the wisdom and direction how to get out of that area. Bottom line, because your mama's mama and their mama was born there and lived there, you don't mean you have to stay there. Cause you see what's happening in this world now. Uh, all this stuff is going. You know, Jesus talked about it's always going to be wars and rumors of wars, and things are getting worse every day. We have to know what's happening around us. We don't just sit in the house with your windows all closed and, and doors closed and think you're going to be protected. And sometimes you're going to have to go out of that house. 
especially if you're a fisher. If you're, we're supposed to be fisher of men, and in order to catch a bass fish and a catfish, you got to use different kind of bait. Can't catch all those fishes at the same thing. I, I, I heard some things. I don't like to repeat all those things that I hear, but I see what some of the so-called evangelists or prophecies are doing, prophets are doing to catch people. I, I want to insist that you all pray pray God's word. Know what his word says. As a fisherman, you got to have a certain kind of bait to catch fish, fishes. I... God did not tell me to go down in, in water where all the catfish is and go down into the in the water where the catfish is and try to tell him about him. You got to get the fish out of the water first. You don't have to clean them up, but you got to get them out and give them some of the necessary. If you want to keep the fish alive, you got to give them the necessary food that he needs to uh, be able to stay alive. Give him some clean water. But catfish can't live in clean water. They said live in dirty water. But anyway, I'm going to go different. I want you all to understand what I'm saying. We have to always be on the watch. We always have to pray in order to get out of all the in order to be able to escape out of all this stuff. And that you may be, we want to be able to stand before God one day. We don't want to hear him say, depart. Oh, Lord, I stayed in there because I couldn't get my son out. And he didn't know how to get out. Your son is grown. He got there. It says that everybody has to stand before, has to bow before Jesus one day. It's not our choice to make sure that person bows. It's that individual person. And if that person is, their mind is so they can't do it, that's what's the Holy Spirit's job. It's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And, you know, you all... This this lesson is a short and pretty. And I, I, I want to end it by saying this one word. Learn how to watch 